Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Friday, September 1st. It is five minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. His name is Rob Kendall. He's on Twitter at Rob M. Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. I'm there too. Casey Daniels 317. We're both on YouTube right now. If you type in Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar, and this may be the very last announcement about this this morning because uh, tickets may be gone here in minutes. Coming up on Wednesday, October 4th, it's night with WIBC at the Indiana Historical Society. When we went on the air this morning, we had nine tickets left. Nine. Could be be gone. Could be gone. We don't even know. Brought to you by Relay Indiana. If you want to to get your tickets, you want to see if there's some still available, they are at WIBC.com. We think. And we go through this every year, Casey, where people are like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to go. I'll wait until Sunday to get my tickets. And we're like, do not wait. It sells out every year. It sells out within a couple days every year. And then people are, oh, my Uncle Joe, it was his life stream to be at a night with WIBC. <laughs> <laughs> Can you get me free tickets? No, we cannot get you free tickets. We cannot create extra tickets. This is why from day one, we announce it basically at the top of every hour for Mm -hmm. the last two plus days on the show. We've told you don't wait because Aunt Sally and Uncle Joe, we cannot get them free tickets. You have to go through. This is one of the most sought after tickets in entertainment in Indiana. It's a limited seating venue. And that's why they go the way they go. We could probably do three or four of these shows and they would all sell out. But they don't do that because, well, we would strangle management. So you get one show. If you get the tickets, great. If you don't, sorry about you. We go through this every single year. I uh, We've been getting updates about how my, how ticket sales are going. And I yes. did check my email and there's not an update. Uh, the last one was that there were nine tickets available. Okay. So. We'll see. Seven minutes after 11, and a federal judge in Delaware has ordered prosecutors and defense attorneys to provide a status report regarding the felony gun charge against Hunter Biden. So this judge, she directed lawyers to provide the report by next Wednesday, including any steps they believe the court needs to take. Isn't it wild and wacky how with Donald Trump, it seems like everything against him is moving at breakneck speed. Mm -hmm. And yet with Hunter Biden, we're five years into this. And all we have gotten thus far is a really crappy plea deal that was so bad a judge threw it out. Mm -hmm. Well, Hunter's lawyers are saying that that diversion agreement spared him from any prosecution on the gun charge but then that judge threw it out and now the lawyers they're just a flat out lying he's not free of this gun charge it there really there really is two versions of justice in this country and we see it all the time and I'm not even sure if, it, in the case of Hunter Biden, it clearly is who he is. But I maybe it's part of it is your access to good counsel. Maybe that's part of it. Whatever it is, Hunter Biden is a violator of the left's two most egregious, unforgivable sins, which is taxes mm-hmm. and guns. Mm-hmm. He did them both. The two things that the left are like, man, you should be down there with Khalid Sheikh Mohammed at Guantanamo Bay. And he did them both. 
cheated, lied, whatever, on his taxes, and clearly lied on a gun form about his drug use. And yet the left is like, well, he's just some poor guy down on his luck. Oh, he never had a chance in life. Isn't it amazing how the two most unforgivable sins are suddenly very forgivable when you're the president's son? Yeah. Prosecutors say that the agreement on the gun charge, which contains that immunity against federal prosecution and other crimes, it never took effect. It's no longer valid. Yeah. So you can't use that excuse. Uh, I'm curious, what does the judge want to know? The next steps? Like, well, it'll wouldn't, be. Wouldn't the judge know what the next steps are? Well, it'll be interesting. And again, the whole thing is shrouded in mystery. And it's totally ridiculous that a guy who was this obviously guilty of all of these things, you know, the, the plea bargain is usually in our our lawyers in the audience, or I know we've got a lot of prosecutors, et cetera, who listen, will be nodding their head in agreement. The plea agreement is usually conducive to the preponderance of evidence against the person. Like, how much does the prosecutor, one, want to deal with the thing in question, and two, how much evidence is available against this person? And usually those two things will kind of way out. And so like, let's, let's take, for example, let's bring it back local. Shall we, Casey, mm-hmm. you may remember a little story in the news a couple months ago about a state representative from Seymour who uh, drove intoxicated and well, he blew through a barricade and 65 and then went the wrong way up an exit ramp. And then, oh, I'm not going to say fled the scene, but he fled the scene and then parked his car behind a business. And I'm not going to say he was trying to hide his car from the police, but he was very obviously trying to hide his car from the police. And then when he got asked a very obvious question about uh, what he was doing and the cop used the term van instead of it was a truck with a Mm -hmm. cab on the back. Mm -hmm. He said, I don't know anything about a van. You remember Mm -hmm. that. What was that guy's name? Oh, Jim Lucas. Jim Lucas. That's right. That Mm -hmm. was his name. His name had slipped my mind. That was very clear that that prosecutor absolutely because then, oh, remember later, even after, after conveniently, Casey, after the plea deal was struck, mm-hmm. we found out he had THC in his oh, system, right. too. Right, there's that. And you may also remember that there was no heads up to the media or anyone else when this plea bargain was it made. Just happened. It just happened. Bam, just like that. Nobody yeah. had time to get there and Done cover deal. it. I mean, just within hours it mm-hmm. happened, and we're all mm-hmm. settled and go home. Very clearly, the prosecutor had a cavalcade of evidence. The, not only that the guy drove under the influence, he didn't even wait for all the evidence, which even was even more damaging. And he also had the guy fleeing the scene and the body cam footage and everything else. He just didn't want to deal with it. He wanted the guy, Lucas, to be out and go on his merry way. And then it came out in the local paper that this apparently, allegedly, wasn't the first time that old Jimbo had had a run-in with the law in, involving uh, driving while Mm -hmm. impaired, according Mm -hmm. to the local paper Mm -hmm. down there. So it's not like he's a first-time offender. But the point was all this, he just didn't want to deal with it. And it was just, hey, here's your freebie. You're out. No, you don't have to resign. You don't, you know, nothing. Just go go about your business. And and by the way, the money that he's used to pay back for the damage he did, well, of course, that's coming from us because we pay his salary as taxpayers. Yes. So point on all this is clearly this prosecutor has a cavalcade of evidence mm-hmm. against uh, Hunter Biden yep. about what he did. He's got him dead to rights. He could he could convict him 
in an instant. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to deal with it. He's he didn't, walking. He it. didn't want to deal with it. And what it, what happened? Once he got caught by the judge doing a crappy job, or his people got caught by the judge doing a crappy job, Merrick Garland comes running in and goes, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! We can't have this. Hey, now you're a special counsel. So let's start all over." Mm-hmm. I'm really curious. Is maybe we should get Jefferson Shreve on this because he is claiming that he wants to get to the root of the oh. problem. In regards to gun issues. Yes. We you know? should, Hunter Biden would be ground zero. We exactly. Could... Illegally obtaining a, a firearm. All right. So what is this audio that you put on here from Newsmax? What is this? I don't know. I just thought this was really interesting. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Talk about, talk about, talk about. So you put this on the template. I did. I did. And and I have, I mean, we'll you, we'll see. Okay. So you, this... don't, you don't know what it is or you know what it is, but you don't know exactly what he's saying. No, I know what he's saying. I've heard the audio. Oh, okay. Very good. I thought, well, maybe you didn't know I what it is. I don't know what this is. No, I've heard the audio, but he doesn't say... Because he either can't or he won't. It's coming. I mean, this is like a major tease. And this involves the Biden crime family. And this is from the Newsmax host, Greg Kelly. And here he is revealing secret audio tapes of Joe Biden. He says it directly incriminates him in bribery. And this is something that's going to be coming to theaters near you very, very soon. And once this audio is released, there is no way Joe Biden is walking away from this. There is an audio tape, I am told, by people in the know, uh, not necessarily in government, not necessarily out of government, I can't say too much, um, but there is incontrovertible evidence of Joe Biden's corruption that is about to be made public. It's not going to happen tomorrow, it's not going to happen before Labor Day, but it will happen sometime between Labor Day and Halloween. This tape will be made public. I'm not sure by what entity at this point, But once it is heard, Joe Biden will have, well, he'll have only two options. Number one, he will not be able to remain a candidate for the presidency for re-election. It will be over and done with. The only thing that mm, he might be able to do, potentially, but probably not, is remain as president. I am told this tape is that incriminating, and they're worried about it right now at the White House. They know about it. They know what's out there. There may be more than one, and it makes a lot of sense. How about that for a major tease, huh? Are you buying any of that? No, none, because we always hear this stuff. This is it. This is the end. This is it. It's all over. And he's still there. I can't tell you. He's still there. Who it's from. I can't tell you what outlet is going to air it. And I can't tell you when, but it's coming. Something big. Whatever. October surprise. Great. Sure. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Fabulous. Joe Biden is the president. He will remain the president. And hell, Casey, the way this country's set up now, even if they caught him, even if. Remember, there used to be. Again, you would see this uh, <laughs> uh, during Christmas time, like the kettle ringers, whether it's Salvation Army or whatever. There'd be these thieves who would get these gloves with sticky stuff on them, and then they could walk by mm-hmm. and literally just lift change up out of these donations. Even if they caught Joe Biden with his hand in a jar that said Ukraine on the front of it, <laughs> and it with a stick'em glove, pulling all of the mm-hmm. uh, the money out. Mm-hmm. 
What's going to happen? 40% of the country would still defend him, and it's not like there's a Justice Department that would do anything about it. Kevin McCarthy still be sitting back, well, we're really considering impeachment inquiry. (laughs) We're really, really thinking about it. We just have a few more things to collect. Uh, But isn't it fun to think about, though, that if they just did have absolutely irrefutable evidence... Oh, nothing that, would happen. <laughs> yes, they, it, it is fun to think about how if they had irrefutable evidence, nothing would happen. Still nothing would happen. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Is she just mad because they're not asking her opinion? 20 minutes after 11, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So AOC is slamming the Biden administration in a new interview. She's slamming them on immigration, saying that it is their weakest issue. She said it's one area where our policy is dictated by politics, arguably more than any other. So I'm actually kind of agreeing with her on this, that it is one of their weakest areas. Yeah, but where is the photo of her crying at the border? <laughs> where is the kids in cages mm-hmm. rhetoric? Mm-hmm. Uh and by the way, I thought she didn't she threaten to leave Twitter because she was mad about a parody account. There's yeah. some yeah. I mean, it's a very well-known parody account. It's very clearly a parody account that tweets, you know, funny things about her or whatever. And she's so enraged about this, she's threatening to leave the platform over a parody account. No, she's not. She's not going to leave Twitter or X. Of course not. She's just threatening to do that. Isn't it interesting that, and you and I, you would be Gen X, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm a millennial. Mm Mm-hmm. And then... Kylan's Gen Z. I am. Are you Z? Yep, I'm a Zoomer. Okay, so isn't it interesting how... The seeming need for instant attention grows by the generation. The younger a person is, the more they need that attention. And it's and it's an instantaneous mm-hmm. attention. And I say this, you might be able to say, well, pot, meat, kettle. Well, I work in a medium that has been around for what has it been now? What is what is today? It's been around for basically 90 years, right? Mm-hmm. And you come here every day and you have to find me, right? You have to seek this out. You have to turn your radio dial or your internet stream or mm-hmm. your application or however you're, you're listening. And we deliver the same, you know, type of content every single day. And if you want it, great. We love you. God bless you. Thank you for listening. And if not, well, that's that's okay. But people like AOC need on a consistent basis to be seen and be the victim of some sort or see victimized people mm-hmm. and that they are the interceder in terms of the victimization. Sure. She's going to fight for everybody. Yes. Right. Uh, so Karine Jean-Pierre was asked, uh, why aren't you guys stopping the flow of illegal immigration at the border? And she said, we are stopping the flow at the border. <laughs> oh, that's news to me. Uh, keep in mind that 7.2 million illegal immigrants have crossed the southern border since Biden took office. But I often wonder, does she feel bad, Karine Jean-Pierre, does she, the White House press secretary, does she feel bad about how much she lies on a consistent and daily basis? Oh, no, 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 no. And I used to be around these people all the time when I worked at the state, and I can imagine that the, that the federal government is infinitely worse than the, the state. And what I found was um, 
what, and I've always said this, that, that, that my time at the state was the eye-opening experience for me. I still went in there. This would have been 2013. So I was 20, late 20s. Mm-hmm. Still naive to the idea of thinking there were good guys and bad guys and that there were black hats and white hats and, oh, the Republicans are the good guys. And when you would go in there, you would realize that these, and I'm not talking the politicians now, because I don't, Kate, Cringe on Pierre is not a politician. She's an underling. The underlings recognize the gravy train exists on your ability basically to lie. Mm-hmm. The underlings recognize that your gravy train, because it is a cush job, she has a cush job, many, many, many people in these higher up, I'm not talking about rank and file government workers. There's a lot of people in government who work very, very hard. But these the high up underlings who have these cush position jobs, they recognize that this cush, climate controlled, air conditioned, uh, no heavy lifting type of job exists based on the ability of one person, right? She works for the president. Somebody might work for the attorney general. Somebody, you know, work for whatever the politician is. That person is your meal ticket to this great existence. And in the state of Indiana, obviously, if you're, you know, if you had a, if you worked for a statewide office holder and that person got two terms, well, sweet, sweet baby gravy train, you're almost invested in perf by the time that person's two terms are up, which means retirement is almost set for you. If you can just find another guy to leech or girl to leech onto. So my point on all this is no, she doesn't. Because financially, when you're a sociopath and you don't really feel remorse and your own benefit is bigger to you than the public at large, you're willing to do or say whatever because the gravy train, the retirement plan, Mm -hmm. the comfortable existence it totally depends on it. Well, it's a symbiotic relationship, right? She needs them. But they need her to get out there and spin for them. Yeah, the difference is, though, there's a million people who can do what she does. There's only one person who can do what she needs. Joe Biden mm-hmm. is the thing. Look at uh, who was the red-haired lady before before Corinne Jean-Pierre. Saki. Saki. Look, she has the talent of... This my governor is an idiot sign that is behind me on the YouTube feed. And she got a multi-million dollar deal with MSNBC. Mm -hmm. If she had not been the press secretary, she couldn't work at the community radio station. Yeah. And so they recognize the money that's at stake. And this is what it's always about with these people, whether it's the politicians themselves or the high-ranking underlings. It's always about the money. It's never about you other than the ability to take your money Mm -hmm. and enrich and embolden themselves. Okay, now you had said that she's not political or she's not the politician, but she is because how many times have they- I didn't say she's not political. I said she's not the politician. But how many times have they touted her as being the first black, gay- female press secretary. I mean, that's all virtue signaling. That's all politics right there. It's clearly not based on her ability. Sure. She's a useful idiot. And <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. It's that's 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 what it is. I mean, mm-hmm. th- okay, let's let's again bring it back here and do a local example, shall yeah. we? Yeah. Okay, so everybody remembers last year. I cannot remember if this was before you got here or after, when I was on my quest to get the governor to answer 10 very basic questions. That was before I was here. Okay, very good. And many it people- It would not serve Hoosiers yes. well. Yeah. So many people will remember this saga where I said, because people are saying, well, why don't you ask Holcomb the question? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, if I got within three feet of Holcomb or 30 feet of Holcomb, there'd be shoot on side orders. Yeah. However, 
I will man up and do it to the best of my ability. And I will waltz these waltz my ass over there and and run these questions in and drop them off. And we filmed it. And mm-hmm. that poor kid, I felt so bad for him. He was some little intern or summer employee or whatever whose eyes, when I said, hi, I'm Rob Kendall, got about as big as this computer screen. And it's okay. Yes, I'll give it to them right away. And we had some fun with that. And what filmed are it. you doing here? And then, <laughs> and then, of course, we got no response. So we brought it back again. And then mm-hmm. that poor kid looked like he was like Jack Bauer had just walked into a mm-hmm. dimly lit room with him. And we did it again and got no response. And so finally, this. Man, I'm going to have to find what her name was. But boy, she was a complete and total hag and stooge. uh, Responded to these very pertinent questions relating from COVID Mm -hmm. to Malik Muhammad Mm -hmm. to whatever. And the simple response was it would not serve Hoosiers well. No one would serve Hoosiers well to know why the governor had a meet and greet with the domestic terrorists and let him write part of the police reform bill. That would absolutely serve Hoosiers well. You know who wouldn't serve well? You. And because you're a stooge. You're a stooge who has a sweetheart, sweet ass, easy job based on your ability to be nothing more than a stooge. You're going to have no shame in print. Tell me that would not serve Hoosiers well to answer these questions. All right. Well, it's everywhere, Casey. It's everywhere. They're all the same. On every level. Well, here is Corinne uh, Jean-Pierre uh, stooging once again <laughs> for the president. The president has done more to secure the border and to deal with this issue of immigration than anybody else. He really has. She's selling it there at the at the end. He really, really has. Kylan, can you play that just one more time? The president has done more to secure the border and to deal with this issue of immigration than anybody else. He really has. He really, he uh, really, really, he for really real. has. He, he really has. <laughs> when I was a kid, I know we got to get to a break, but when I was a kid, I used to go to. Uh, I used to enjoy going to auctions just mm-hmm. to see mm-hmm. like local auctions, just to see things that would be sold and sure. I enjoyed watching people engage like someone across the room from you you know once no I'm not talking about an internet auction where you never see the person I'm talking about like an in person hey this person wants this uh chest of drawers just as much as I do and gosh darn it we're in a bidding war and I can see that person yeah. across the, I used to it, and I didn't recognize it but as a kid I realized I enjoyed the gamesmanship yeah of what that was. And I once went to an auction and this was the greatest salesman I've ever seen. He was getting people to pay ridiculous above market prices for things. He was selling it. And his, his, he was literally Casey, this guy was dancing in the aisleways. Mm-hmm. He was singing mm-hmm. and his clothes to people. Cause he would have two fishies on the hook and he would look at the person and go, and this was the greatest line in the history of ever. You're not spending money. You're investing it. it. <laughs> and these people were just paying left and right. It's it's the Costanza thing. It's not a lie if you believe it to be true. And that is what this woman does. She is the modern version of you're not spending money. You're investing it. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It's 93 WIBC at 1134. I must ask you a question, What is going on with you? You about had a heart attack during the commercial break. Well, I saw this, and we have some story about Trump and how much money he's made. So let's cover this real quick. Trump made $20 million (laughs) in the month of August. (laughs) And I guess a bunch of that, half of it came after Mm -hmm. he had his mugshot taken. Yeah, it was about $10 million that came in after that mugshot was released. And uh, talk about massive backfire. He sold 36,000 T-shirts, 24,000 thousand coffee mugs and 8600 posters all with trump's mugshot on them. okay so this is not the question i need to ask you about but i do have a, a question about this story mm-hmm. Twenty four thousand coffee mugs mm-hmm. i am hesitant to buy someone a coffee mug as a gift because i feel like 
in their house, if you drink coffee, you already have a gajillion coffee mugs. Okay, but you know what? You gave me a coffee mug when I first started here. You gave me two, actually. Did I? And they were both Trump coffee mugs. And the one said, it's a good morning when I wake up and Donald Trump is president. Oh, yeah. And I use that at least once a week. No kidding. Yeah, although it's a little smaller than my average coffee mug. So I, I... yeah, but I, I use it all the time. No kidding. Yeah. I don't even remember doing that. Are you sure it was me? Yes, I'm oh. absolutely Well, how positive. nice of me. It was very nice of you. You're so welcoming. <laughs> I was probably trying to make you feel welcome. You, yeah, I don't know what you were trying it to do. It hasn't happened since. It, but. <laughs> it worked. Um, so, yeah, no, go ahead and give coffee mugs. Really? Yeah. Even if the person, like, just really? do And when you give me one, put a candy bar in it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. Uh, yes. Yeah, so he, as we predicted, and this was as we predicted at the time, we said he's going to make a gajillion dollars off of mm-hmm. the merchandise because everybody's going to want it. And it's not going to hurt him that he got indicted because he's already been indicted and everybody already has an opinion about him even before he was indicted. So I don't know. I think it just, obviously the fear of going to prison probably is not helpful, but uh, he, you know, at least has made money off of his unfair persecution. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and it's just backfiring because every time he just keeps escalating in the polls. Yeah. And if with this being televised, it's just going to propel him even farther. All right, Casey, I must ask you a question about the behavior of those who exist and breathe the same air and, and, and shop at the same places mm-hmm. and, generally filter throughout the same society as us because i see and i get that social media is not real life but these are real human beings Mm -hmm. and they are really posting these things and so i have to ask you well about the people's need people who have a need to post everything about their existence on social media yeah i don't understand those people either Okay, and I'm specifically talking about and i've been very clear on this i have the maximum number of friends Mm -hmm. Or every so often, someone will get mad at me and defriend me. And that's one of my favorite little games when I drop below 5,000 is figuring out who got mad. Like, at what point, what can I, it's like Trump. At this point, if you want to be friends with Rob Kendall on social media, you kind of know what you're getting in bed with when you hop into social media with me. Sure. You shouldn't, there's nothing I should say that you would go, that was really over the top and I'm out of here. But every, <laughs> You're so offensive online. I don't online. know people quit the social media or maybe they get mad at me or whatever and then I try to figure out who it is. But I am at the at or near the limit and mm-hmm. so I have thou, literally thousands of people in the queue and I try to get to them as soon as I can and if you are one of those people, I have a follow option so you can still see all this stuff and whatever. But a lot of people, I simply don't know who I'm air quote friends with mm-hmm. on Facebook facebook like mm-hmm. it just hey you want to be my friend you look like a real person you have you're not a communist marxist whatever okay great let's play and as long as you don't violate I'm the sure rules you do you... thorough vetting oh my gosh yes yeah um <laughs> yes uh but the, my point on this is i will see people post things and i don't know these many of these people in person and somebody posted no no joke casey to be by no joke man or somebody filed a restraining order against them and they posted it on the internet for everyone to see. Yeah. I don't know why you would do that. And this is not like, like if, let's say, Suzanne Crouch has filed a restraining order against Rob. Well, heck yes, I would post that for everyone to see and we would have a good chuckle out of it and make a show bit out of it. Right. This is like a private person mm-hmm. who has had some other, I don't know, it's a wife, a girlfriend, or whatever. I don't know you. Nobody else knows you either. And you're posting this, hey, get a look at this. Right. Why do people feel the need to do that? Is that a flex? I, 
don't know what it is. That's why I'm asking you what it is. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to send somebody else a message. And I'll give you an example. Last weekend, I went up to South Bend and I went out to a lunch uh, with a friend of mine, a former cameraman that I worked with. Uh Uh, It was a quick lunch. We went and had burger and then that was it. Yeah. Well, he posted a picture of me on his Facebook account and I I didn't know he was going to do that. And it it just showed up in my feed. Oh my gosh, there I am. He didn't ask me if he could do it. He just did it. And I thought maybe he's trying to send a message to his girlfriend, ex-girlfriend that he was out to lunch with another woman. What? Like he was trying to make somebody else jealous. So like he was sending a message without sending a message. Yeah. So maybe that's what this person's doing with a. But how would a, okay, but at least with you, I'm hanging out with hot local celebrity, Casey Daniels. Look at this flex. What flex could be involved with saying, here's the restraining order? Well, that's what I'm asking. Is that, are you bragging? Like, why would you want people to know that information? Because I think his caption was something like, would you guys get a load of this crap or something like that? Okay, so he's venting. But nobody's going to know. It's not like you're the rock where people are searching for information on you. Looking for validation. But but nobody's going to know you have a restraining order against you unless you tell them because you're not some sort of celebrity, local, national, or otherwise. And that's it. He's telling people and he wants someone to be, he's the victim. I don't know. Someone's playing the victim. I don't know you, but you know know what I know about you? You have a restraining order against you. Is that really what you want people Uh, to know? Yes. I don't. Kylan. Come here. You're you are you you you're the young so uh oh, you're X, I'm millennial, you're Z. Why do young people feel the need to post all sorts of information about themselves, even if it is very much could be construed as a negative piece of attention? You know, that's a really good question. That's why I asked it. I am not one to post a whole lot on social media. I'm not very good at just replying to text messages. Yes. But I would say, like you mentioned, the attention. Mm -hmm. Yes. Even if it's negative, it's still attention. Mm -hmm. And that's what they want. Attention. Give me attention, even if it is for me having a restraining order. This person wants to be validated that somebody is doing them wrong. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Because he said, what was the post? Look at this craziness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I did look at it. And it was like, okay, it's kind of wacky. The handwriting. They're playing the victim. The handwriting by the person in question is very Kaczynski-esque. So maybe (laughs) it is kind of wacky and crazy. But my goodness, Casey, if I, you know, again, if it's one thing, if it's like, uh, you know, remember when uh, this has been several, several months ago now, we were critical of uh, a, a government stooge and then... I met this person in person and this government stooge was very angry at me and we laughed about how this person was angry at me in person and then they mm-hmm. sent some sort of cease and desist letter. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, we took it and framed it because it's hilarious and funny. But it, the, like th- this is a public person who did something in the public that we had talked about and I'm a radio broadcaster and I'm going to chuckle and laugh hilariously at that. You're a private person who someone's accusing you of some sort of borderline felonious behavior mm-hmm. I, th- th- like it's <laughs> you know what you know what this proves to me rob something that we've said for a long time not everyone should have a platform right yeah but that's a that's a great example, example right there there are many people who don't have the skill to withhold therefore they should not have a platform right not everything needs to be out there yeah so I, look let's just be a cautionary tale and when you know coming up in the next segment we're gonna have susan beck with she's back after a couple weeks off for the Mm -hmm. mind your manners segment and and it's gonna be great because we're gonna actually touch on something that i have 
had trouble with for years, which is how do you handle someone if you don't remember their name? Right. You got to be in a conversation Mm -hmm. with them. Maybe this is a precursor to mind your manners that if this is some sort of court document of some sort accusing you of stalker-ish type behavior. Yeah. And you're not going to have a big chuckle about it like as in it's like you're a quasi celebrity or celebrity and someone a politician or whatever is accusing you of something and we're going to post this and make a radio bit out of it. I'm just I've never actually had that happen to me. I'm just winging it off the top of my head. Maybe just don't post it. Yeah, okay, so maybe this person is creating content with their their cease and desist I, for I don't know, I don't know. their, their I five just, friends. My mind my mind, Casey, was just blown <laughs> that somebody would post the whole thing, right? They right. posted the whole restraining order, page after page after page, and I was reading all of it. And I guess maybe by that sense, I gave that person what they wanted because I was interested enough to know what crazy thing are you accused of doing right? that you would want That's the world the to know about. That's the attention they wanted, that you and you gave to it to them. Yeah, I did. You gave I'm it guilty. to them. Guilty as charged, Casey. And you know what? If they <laughs> get another one- You fall for the clickbait. I'll look again if they post another one, <laughs> because I'm just that voyeuristic. Okay, but next time, we want names. <laughs> All right, Susan Beckwith is joining us next. Speaking of names, how to remember someone's name. If you forget, Mind Your Manners is on the way with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Oh, yes, it is time for the most valuable thing we do on this program all week, and that is we send you in, well, Casey, in this case, to a long weekend, Mm -hmm. making you a better member of society. And for those of you who are new to the program, each week we turn to our very own former Miss Indiana, Susan Beckwith, and we find an area we feel the public at large is failing miserably when it comes to (laughs) etiquette and general behavior, and we tell you how to do better. And this week, Casey, oh my gosh, this is one of the most valuable Mind Your Manners we've ever done. It is what to do when you forget someone's name. Who are you again? <laughs> Don't you wish it was that easy. <laughs> Susan Beckwith uh, joins us now at the drivehubler.com hotline. Susan, how are you? I am doing great. It is wonderful to be back. Uh, for those that probably don't know in listener land, my sister passed away a couple of weeks ago. So I've mm. been away for a while, but I've received nothing but amazing love and support. And that includes from both Rob and Casey. So thank you so much. And I, I bring that up to also share how this topic became top of mind for me as well, because my best friend was visiting from Arkansas. And we were talking about kind of what else was happening in our our lives. And we both have small children. So we're kind of on the front end of our elementary school journey. And she's at a new school. She lives in northwest Arkansas. And then, of course, our church is growing. We're on the campaign trail. I'm meeting a lot of new folks. And we were just talking about how we're both really struggling with remembering names sometimes because we're meeting lots of new people right now. (laughs) 
So years ago, Casey and I have both worked. Uh, we didn't uh, know each other, but we have both worked for the same a, the same radio station owner. Mm-hmm. And Casey will know who this is. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was very pleasant to be around, at least <laughs> to Casey. And he used to call everybody Buddy. Mm-hmm. And I'm totally convinced he called everybody Buddy because he couldn't remember people's names. And I got to freely admit, I stole that for years and years and years because I can't remember people's names. I just called everybody Buddy. Is that a good approach when you can't remember someone's name? Well, do you remember who Zsa Zsa Gabor was? Mm-hmm. Who was with, yes. I read something about that she kind of did something similar. She was like, where do you think Darling came from? Because she could never, like, remember people's names. And which, also, I have another fun fact for you. Uh, Zsa Zsa is Susan in whatever lang- another language. So, actually, Erin, who I mentioned just a minute ago, was visiting from northwest Arkansas. Her kids call me Aunt Zsa Zsa. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so if I can't, if I can't call her Buddy, buddy, and that maybe is inappropriate. What is the best approach if I can't remember your name? Well, just some really quick rules of thumb that may help you. So if you can't recall someone's name, start by reintroducing yourself, Mm -hmm. because then that a lot of times will prompt them. And then it's, you know, just kind of a natural progression in the conversation. Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) Time time out. Time out. Walk me through this. So like, uh, you, you, they clearly know you. Isn't that a giveaway? Like that they know you. If they're remembering you and talking to you, aren't you giving yourself away? Uh, hi, I'm Rob Kendall. No kidding, idiot. That's why I'm talking to you. <laughs> well, and those, and you know, you have to kind of gauge that, like how much interaction you have had previously. So if it is an interaction where you, they clearly, clearly know you, it's not just like the second time that you are interacting, then then it is on it's okay to be honest to say, you know what, I am having a total brain lapse and I am so sorry. Can you remind me your name? Yeah, there you it, go. Yeah. And then just try to move on quickly from that interaction. And then also while you're speaking to them at that point, because you want to get past that little bit of awkwardness. But then as you're continuing to converse, try to say their name throughout. So that not only helps solidify it in your mind going forward, but I feel like that also even helps a little bit with building connection back that could have been lost. Mm -hmm. Now, Susan, what I do sometimes is besides the try and be a polite as possible remind me of your name if i'm there with someone else i will introduce the other person and say like hey this is my friend rob and hope that he extends his hand and 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 then that they'll introduce themselves yes you know, and we even, I, I kind of try to remind Micah of that if I were going to places. And he's really good. You know, he really tries to, to work on that. I, he read the book, oh, what is it, Influencing? Mm-hmm. How to Influence? Oh, yes. Well, that, uh, and win friends or influence people. But it had a great, and we were talking about it. Sorry, I'm draw, drawing a blank on it. But Dale Carnegie really made a point to say remembering a person's name is like the sweetest and most important sound in any language. Mm-hmm. And so he he's presented on that book previously, and he's going to kill me that I can't recall it. But regardless, um, you know, he really makes an effort. So if we're going someplace, I make sure to tell him, like, hey, if I give you the look, <laughs> help me out. What's the look? The side well, eye? It's like, um, I'm struggling here at Deer and Headlights a little bit. You know, and another quick tip that has been helping me as we're meeting new people is I try to also then remember their name and something about them and if I use alliteration, that also helps me. So, like, for instance, Radio Rob. If I, you know, so then in the future, I know he does radio. It starts with an R. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. tr- 
tricks like that can also help you so that you can hopefully recall when needed. You know, that's amazing you said that, Susan Beck, with our guests. It's our Mind Your Manners segment talking about today what you should do if you can't remember somebody's name or how to better remember their name. Uh, there's a very famous episode of The Office where Michael Scott <laughs> goes on a guest speaking tour and he goes to one of the satellite Dunder Mifflin offices mm-hmm. and he can't remember anybody's name and he walks through this bizarre thing about how he remembers people's names. And that's exactly right. It's like, this guy is bald. B is for Baldy. Baldy, your name is Brett, you know, or something like that. And, mm-hmm. and Susan is saying that's a legitimate thing. Yeah. Just, you know, whatever tips to help you kind of recall something, like connect it with something that you previously have known about them. And I also mentioned just, you know, saying their name back to them because that helps solidify in your brain, as I already mentioned. But something else, if you're not pronouncing their name correctly, it gives them an opportunity at that point. You know, obviously ours are all very easy, but sometimes, you know, folks get my daughter's name wrong because we her name's Savannah, but we call her Savvy. But sometimes when she tries to tell people her name, it doesn't come out clearly. So if they don't say it right, then, you know, it gives me an opportunity to, to correct it. And it's better to do that on the front end than, you know, if you've had several interactions in it. Then you try to go back and say, actually, my name is, you know, and, and, you know, the correct pronunciation. So hopefully that made sense. (laughs) Susan, tell us about your very fabulous website, Bell of the Midwest, where you're now putting on various outfits throughout the day. Oh, well, we do a little segment called What Would Susan Wear? And I just kind of share some things that uh, I'm enjoying. But, you know, we have lots of great social etiquette blogs on there for you to check out today. I actually am sharing one on disability awareness etiquette. I was able to connect with a really dear friend who's certified therapeutic recreation specialist who has a background of working with children with special needs. So there's a great article there. Also one recently on hospitality and just Um, some tips on if you have to host and you're kind of unexpectedly. Uh, So lots of topics uh, are covered in my blog. And then it's also a great place to get in touch with me and um, love to answer etiquette questions. And then also if you have any events coming up, I believe I'm going to be doing a great one with the Perks Department coming up in October again on Dining 101. So I love uh, you know, any opportunity to connect with, with folks on etiquette. Bell of the Midwest, B-E-L-L-E of the Midwest.com. You can also find it on Facebook. Susan, we're so glad you're back. Thank you. You're the best. Have a great weekend. Yeah, you too. And next week, how to forget someone's name. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Susan. That's going to do it for us. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kylan. And thank you for listening today. We hope you have a wonderful long weekend. And Rob and I, Kendall and Casey, we will be back on Tuesday. It's 93 WIBC.